You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's becoming a big night for the Sooners. Usually you catch them with a foxtail, though, but you didn't bring your foxtail Orlando Brown from Ohio State. Yeah. Official 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer Eddie Radosovich. It's the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial40.com with your hosts Carrie Murdoch, Josh McQuistian, and Eddie Radosovich, where uh, we last left you. Oklahoma was heading into a Big 12 championship game. Uh, so maybe we should kind of start there. As the Sooners come out of that, they go to the college football playoff. They're going to play Georgia. It's going to be in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Eddie Radosevich is across the way. Uh, he has got his hoodie up above his mouth because... I don't want to catch the Ebola. <laughs> There's been... Oh, God. It is, it is like my immune system said, you know what, Carrie? I've taken care of you all season, and as soon as that that last buzzer hit and Oklahoma won the Big 12 championship, it was like, I'm taking a vacation, therefore you're taking a vacation with me. I mainly blame Jake Trotter's daughter, who I played with on Friday night at our hotel. Creepy. Uh, it's not creepy, you jackass. She's a cute little <laughs> toddler. God, why do you have to make that creepy? She's the cutest little kid. You like you probably like cute kids. I do. Well, I mean, like toddlers that just, I like. I don't like. Yeah. I mean, okay. all she wanted to do was you know grab my phone, and then the first thing she did was sneezed on it, and then she got That's my it. wallet, and then she got every credit card strung out of it, and that is exactly it. I think that I'm glad that uh, you should have just uh, you should send the doctor bill to Jake. He can I call them doorknob big lickers. Big ESPN money. Those little kids don't care about germs, man. They just lick everything. They they're carriers. So yeah, I'm playing hurt, but uh, I'm we're back. It is time. I know everybody's gonna lose their minds if we didn't get a podcast out this week. So here's my gift to you, world podcast. Uh, Eddie Radosovich is here. Josh McQuistion is here. We've got award season going on. We're doing this on Friday, so Baker Mayfield has won every award known to man. Uh, as it stands right now. The only one he didn't win was the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, which I really question that award's validity. Well, I mean, it's a uh, it's a puss boy award. It, that, I think that we can say that it was because of off-field actions that they gave it to somebody else, which is awesome. I think it's funny. Or maybe they just wanted to be different. Yeah. They're well, like, well, if we give our award to Baker, everybody else is going to have Baker. And nobody's going to be paying attention. I think the uh, luncheon is actually today for it, or the award ceremony or whatever in Baltimore. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, he's got uh, the Heisman Trophy. He's already in New York. He went from Atlanta directly to New York. 
His actual first media availability is coming up here by the time we finish our podcast. I believe it's going on right now. Uh, so, yeah, it is, uh, I guess, 2 o'clock Eastern time. So we're starting this podcast right after 1 o'clock uh, Central time. So let's go back before we go forward. Big 12 championship game. I don't... I, it couldn't have gone any better. I, I don't think. I mean, from what we were expecting, what we thought, I thought maybe a a more tight knit game between two defenses that were kind of finding themselves a little bit, and maybe we're gonna, uh, you know, give us a, I don't know, like a thirty one twenty four type of ending, and it was just Oklahoma was just the better team once again, even better that they were. It was. You know, it was funny, Josh. I you, they go into the locker room at halftime, and I walked back up into the uh, the photog room feeling a, a little cautious. I guess would be the best best way to put it. Uh, just in that, it's a it, all of a sudden it's a touchdown game after they took a seventeen nothing lead, and uh, you kind of felt like if TCU getting the ball in the second half were able to get points out of it, then then there it trouble goes. Like brewing. yeah, it's it's a lot of trouble brewing. And uh, I'll be damned if they didn't go three and boom, out, boom, touchdown, touchdown, three and out, touchdown, or big fourth down stop, yeah. touchdown, and all of a sudden it was over. What did it take? Three offensive plays for Oklahoma to score two touchdowns in the yes. second half? Though? I think there was 10-40-something left on the third <laughs> quarter when it was 38-17. to 17. And it was just so quick, too, because of the, the one pass to Michael Jones and then uh, the deep ball to Marquise Brown, and it was it was basically over. Which, by the way, and Josh, I would love to get your input on this because I've been kind of watching as much George as I can while I've been sick this week, and the CBS was replaying the SEC championship game, and I just I I feel like Lincoln Riley is on such a different level right now as a play caller because that Michael Jones play uh, what was that a fifty two or fifty five I think that was the fifty two yarder the Michael Jones. I think that's right. That play design to where you know you run like that little that little I don't know what you want to call it out or um, rub or whatever, uh, where it it uh, it f- it makes TCU vacate their safeties. They double on the on like a seam route, and then to kind of whip that back around and catch it with nobody behind you. I mean, like that's the kind of stuff I look at Lincoln Riley and I'm like, dude, you're just a damn genius. It. Probably the play that did it the most for me was that first drive on the fourth down when all of a sudden he goes with that dive kind of action and then does that quick option outside. Like, yep. nobody's seen that all season. Yeah. And he drops that on TCU. That's not – I mean, it's like what we – we talked about this and we've talked about it for months now. When this offense is doing stuff like that with a play caller as capable as he is, I don't care how good your defense is. There's only so much of the field you can cover. And if you have him calling plays like that, Baker Mayfield operating at the level he is capable of, and an offensive line that can either open holes for you or keep Baker Mayfield clean, I I don't know how you stop that consistently. To me, the team that's going to beat Oklahoma is going to have a better defense than Oklahoma and has to be capable of scoring quite a few points. To me, when I look at that Final Four, I think Clemson's easily the scariest team. Well, and here's the thing for me is – Back to the Georgia matchup a little bit. Sure, like, sure. I watched the Georgia Auburn game, and basically, Georgia got after Jarrett Stidham more than they did in game one, and he was shaky. I mean, he looked like 
essentially a first year starter, which he, I mean, even though he's a sophomore and he's played, this is his first year as a starter at quarterback in a, in a Power Five league. So they got to him, they rattled him. But really, Georgia's main, uh, well, 28 7, was that the final in that game? Yeah. yeah. Their main uh, wrinkle was simply going up tempo in that game. Like, that was, that was so 2008. Like every, I mean, and look, Georgia, a fantastic offense. I think Jake Fromm is a really good freshman quarterback. Their running backs are fantastic. But what they they didn't do anything exotic or fantastic or you know where you're like, well, these guys really are next level. They just went fast, and Auburn was kind of having guys fall off, and they just couldn't handle the up tempo, which to me is kind of like like I said, it's like watching Big Twelve football from nine years ago. Watch it now, Carrie. Talking talking about the SEC like this, the podcast <laughs> might just get shut down by the FCC. Because I mean, I, I think we FCC. should, or yeah, the SEC, the FCC that controls the SEC. We should just take a moment to thank the SEC for letting everybody else play football this season. I know. Now, Bugger McFarland and. What were your thoughts on the Ohio State Alabama thing? I know we've covered some it, ground and we won't spend a lot of time, but what were your thoughts? It. This is this is the way that I've put it, and I it makes me a little uncomfortable even talking about it like this. But is Alabama probably one of the top four teams in the country? I have no question about it. I think that they are. But with Did that they said, deserve to be there. They didn't win their conference, and this is the second they didn't time win their division. They didn't even win their division. That's right. Like this is the second time that we've been in this situation where you're starting to now make excuses to get other teams in. So I think the committee, which obviously has no basis on how they rank teams or put out a ranking from week to week, they they might as well just come out and say conference championships don't mean anything. Well, and after the Big 12 goes through all the trouble of coming up with a conference championship, which, Grant, look, don't rip on the, the Big 12. Like, this whole notion of, oh, the Big 12 is not really a championship game because they're pl- they've already played each other. The SEC was a rematch. I mean, the Big 10 could easily be a rematch. The ACC could easily be a re- like rematches happen even in separate divisions. It happens. Yeah. It does. Yeah, this isn't the World Series of 1950. Yes. They obviously hadn't played. So who gives a shit if the Big 12 is playing another you know team once again? I think we all learned something valuable about Oklahoma. The entire college football world learned something valuable about Oklahoma and the fact that they went and played TCU again, who was the second best team in the conference, no doubt. And they didn't stumble. They proved that they were even more dominant the second time around. That that has value to it. So the Big 12 adds this 13th data point, and they go through all this trouble. Uh, and, and now we've got you know all these people saying, oh, the Big 12 is this, it's that. Yet Ohio State goes out, plays Oklahoma in the, you know, in, in the out-of-conference, loses a tough game, wins their conference, the Big 10. I think before the season, everybody would say that is one of the top two conferences in the country historically, year after year. They win their conference, they don't get in because they have a loss to Oklahoma. I just, I, I don't know how the, the committee can actually sit there with a straight face and say, yep, that's how it works. All you need to know is you need to just look at the picture that somehow came across my timeline that Heather Dennett had tweeted out of the committee, and that's all you need to know about them. How old they are and crusty. I mean, it's just... It was almost a little offensive to me that it that's like the group. An old folks home. That's the group that that I, I tweeted it last week. 
that same group won't be allowed to go out and buy their grandchildren gifts because they're so out of touch with reality. But they can they can make decisions on who's okay, going to play in the playoffs. The, I don't get the grandchildren gifts thing. Because nobody's going to let those guys go out and buy their grandchildren gifts. They don't oh, know what kids want. Like a, they'll get them like a robot or something that's not even remote control. Sonny, I got you a full $5. <laughs> F*** you, Grandpa. That's oh, not what man. I want. Here's an umbrella for you, Sonny. Grandpa, this is why we never come see you at the old folks' home, because of your stupid shit. If Grandpa's at the old folks' home, you don't expect good presents from him. He's at the old folks' home. Exactly. And so they shouldn't he be allowed... He has no access to, like, Toys R Us if he's at the old folks' home. And he's so not they... online. Exactly. I don't expect to go see him. Exactly. So no, you, these you guys... have to go see him. That's your present. <laughs> your present is you go see your grandfather at the old folks' home. That's that is your present. Right. That's ostracization. Just, that you're, is, you're left in the dust for that me. That is what life. That that is where life leads you. Right. You and don't get presents anymore at that point. You and that's why they shouldn't them. be allowed to make any decisions about college football. Like I I have. But these people have access to the internet at least. I. There is no way that any of those guys can log on to AIM. And AIM's not even around anymore. They killed off AIM. Like, these these guys, I just don't think... I. Yeah, they were great co- coaches and everything Messenger? like that. But there's no way that Tyrone Willingham knows how to log into Sooner. Oh, stop it. He's not that old. He's an idiot. <laughs> He's not that old. He was just coaching. He was the coach at Washington when your boy Sammy B beat Washington. Yeah, beat that ass. He was a terrible. I, he's a he's an idiot. I'm going to turn the direction here. I think Alabama should have been in. I'm just going to lay it out there. I'm going to be at odds with everybody in this conversation. I, well, I think I, they're the best team, but the problem is, were they the best team when they were let in? I mean, they might they might heal up and be the best team in college football in a month. I think they're going to beat Clemson. God, I think there's I a would, decent chance. Um, I would love to see OU go through the SEC to win a national title, and beat and not Feinbaum only do that, maybe but to beat Alabama in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no, Josh, I completely agree. I I think that Alabama, if you, I, I guess I'll put it this way: OU fans, you know how unruly they would be, and it was a little bit like what what they did in two thousand eight with Texas. If they got beat in the one of the last weeks of the season dominated pretty much everybody until then it was just their resume wasn't good talking about alabama yep yo i mean don't get me it's one of those things where alabama's had a crap schedule they, they didn't be lsu was their best win and i think we all know that lsu had some some flaws usc got housed by notre dame ohio state got obliterated by iowa who gets obliterated like everybody loses at kinnick every once in a while but to just get housed yeah. That doesn't happen ever. No. That, that was super weird. And and honestly, if you get beat by that bad by an Iowa team that was very meh as usual, very average, yeah. you probably shouldn't deserve to get in. I mean, they you just if if they lose that game by two touchdowns, they're probably in the playoffs, right? Yeah, I I think that's reasonable. Although, like you said, with this committee, you never know. They might what have lost by one. My my three year old just tried to hustle me that she'd already taken her nap. So uh, go ahead and uh, get back w- w- in bed, w- Laney. No, she did. She opened the door and she was like, 
I slept. And I'm like, you did not sleep. I'm, <laughs> I've got a monitor, child. I know you're lying to me. Has the snow melted? Is the snow yes, gone? Yes, the snow has melted. But she oh. went bonkers in the snow. She, she's been tired since like 10 o'clock because we woke her. Or we were going to get her up at like 5.30, and then she was already awake, and we were outside in the snow at like 5.45. That is so. That is too funny that, like, my cousins, little cousins, they live in Conroe, and they went through the same thing this morning, just first snow ever. Yep. I, I didn't think it was going to get to us. I kept seeing stuff, like, there was video from College Station, and then there was video from Katie, and kind of the area you're talking about up in Conroe, Eddie, and I was like, no way, it'll, it'll dissipate before it gets here. And then we saw it at about midnight and you know for you guys know how it is like when you've lived in oklahoma and you've seen real snow you're like that doesn't even count i'm not waking her up for that and this morning we woke up i was like oh there's actually a decent amount of snow on the ground all right let's go get her so it was um are are like schools out today down there? no no it has it hasn't been that bad our first year down here there was freezing rain that literally didn't freeze and they closed every school in the city (laughs) Like before, like no, nothing had even fallen yet, and they closed everything. And it, it, that one, I was like, wow, this is a different world. I mean, Oklahoma, the the buildings need to be falling down from the weight of the snow for for school to get canceled. So, but anyway, sorry to take the uh, the conversation afield, but uh, just had to. <laughs> I can't do share guys talk that more. My three year old is trying to scheme me. If Josh would stop talking about his daughter all the time, we'd get some recruiting updates. Yep, drink, guys, drink. That was Laney mentioned. That was a strong Laney mentioned, so maybe drink too. And okay. this is how I feel about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. So, uh, look. Oh. <laughs> so, OU Georgia, out in L.A., Eddie and I are taking a special diehard tour once we get there because we're getting there Christmas evening. We're going to go to Nakatomi Tower. What is that? Oh, that's awesome. What, do you, what is that? What's wrong with you? Damn Never it, heard Eddie. Of it. Have you never seen Die Hard? Oh. I mean, oh, I've seen it. But... Nakatomi Tower is where the, it all happens. Oh. yippee ki Eddie. yippee ki Yeah. Oh, Eddie. Of course, Eddie's not. There time I, when you I, I don't me, do Eddie, movies, just... Eddie. There's only a couple of Christmas movies that I watch. I'd love to know what those are. Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2. Uh-huh. Big McAllister's <laughs> fan. Uh, I knew Christmas Vacation's probably in there. Yeah. I mean, Die Hard's definitely in there. I just don't really... I guess I've never really paid attention How to... How many times do you think you've seen Die Hard? I don't know. Usually like every three? Christmas. No, more than three. All the way through? Sat down for it all the way through? Yeah. Probably never. I mean, they talk about Nakatomi Towers, like, constantly throughout the whole movie. All the time. Way over my head. Way over my head. Eddie, are you... Uh, that's, a, that's a good... We gotta get to a finer point. I'm one of those guys, like, I see a movie... And I remember it, and I quote it. My buddies, you know, like we'll joke around about that. Eddie, are you that way? Like, do you quote movies, or is that guaranteed? Not he doesn't. Guaranteed, he does not. I could, I could probably quote Vegas Vacation. I mean, a uh, Christmas Vacation or uh, Home Alone. Home Alone, yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a Caddyshack. Uh, Caddyshack, probably, yeah. Sandlot. Okay. Probably no, seen those Sandlot are all, those more are all than strong choices. Movie. I can't fault you for what you can quote. I only watch good movies. That's the problem. You like Hoosiers? Eh, it, I mean, it's a great historical, I guess, movie. Not historical, <laughs> but just like, yeah, it's a it's a great movie. Gotta love Shooter. I'm yeah. I'm with Eddie. Like Hoosiers is one of those ones. Like I know I'm watching a good movie, but am I really like I have to sit down and finish this? No. 
Oh, it comes on. I'm watching every time. Now, see, I, I'm never that way about Hoosiers. I I definitely would fanboy more over like Varsity Blues if it was up against Hoosiers. <laughs> Varsity Blues. It's probably movie. true for me too. I don't. I think... gotta say, my number one movie. If it comes on, I'm watching. As of this era of my life, never back down. I don't know if I've ever seen that. You're missing out. Never back down. I don't down. think I've ever seen that. Never back down. One of the greatest movies ever made. It's an MMA movie. There's uh, Amber Beard, Amanda Beard. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's has, not the one with the two brothers, is it? No, no. It's this guy that he's a football player in Iowa. Uh-huh. And he gets kicked off the team because of he's always fighting. His dad. God, you love a football player getting kicked his, off the team. His dad died in a drunk driving accident with, where he was in. He was a passenger, and so he takes up MMA. It's uh Sean Ferris. Sean Ferris is the star. Who's the black dude? What's his? What's it? Can you pronounce his name? Uh, it's I the guy from Gladiator. Cannot. It's the black guy from Gladiator. Digimon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been in a ton of stuff. I know who you're talking about. Digimon Hansu. Yeah, I can't say Jesus. It. But no, that is like literally now in my top five movies of all time. Never back down. Have you seen Warrior? Such a with, with Tom Hardy. Movie. No, but I need to, and I've heard that's it's a fantastic. great one. That's a really good UFC movie. Like, and I wouldn't normally say that sentence, but that's a really good movie. So anyway, moving on back to <laughs> back to the Georgia, Oklahoma, uh, Clemson, Alabama. I look. I think with Oklahoma, it's it's been kind of interesting because I don't know if you guys watched like the whole four head coaches press conference they had on ESPNU yesterday. It was kind of interesting because, and it's just one of those things. It's like you think that Alabama deserves to be in. I probably think that way too. But when I see Nick Saban up there on a stage being smug, Nick Nick Saban, and you just want to say, "Dude, you're lucky to be in." Like, stop sitting around. And telling everyone like you invented football, like I am so sick of you. You have the biggest staff in college football. You get the best recruits in college football, probably because you have the best bagmen in college football. So sit. If everybody else, everybody else could do your job just like you're doing it, Nick Saban, with all the resources you have behind you. There was nothing better to backtrack even just a little bit more than seeing. Nick Saban politic for Alabama at eleven thirty oh, on Championship Saturday, a day in which they didn't even play. Like that was that, was that might be like my peak pettiness of twenty seventeen is just loving that and then kind of thinking that they were gonna get left out, but not really knowing. Uh before the I guess I was driving home on what would that have been? Oh, the Saturday of the Big Twelve Championship, but that was that was pretty great. See, I thought they would get left out, and I thought that would have been the puss move because I thought it would have been, well, we're doing what we think is right rather than what we think is the way it should be. Yeah. Because um, Ohio State would have been the easy pick. Well, they won the Big Ten Championship. It does. I, I don't know if it if I think it's funny or if it actually like triggers me that all year we talked about the SEC being shit and how they weren't the SEC of, you know, of many years ago, and – then you look up and they get two teams in the playoff. I just, and I guess it, it, it does make sense because I think, you know, Georgia's obviously damn good. Alabama is probably a top four team. 
So it, it would have been hard to go around it. And Ohio State just, the Big Ten, I guess, ate itself alive is what happened. And then the Pac-12 was just the Pac-12. But here's the thing, guys. Every team that is in this playoff, every team that didn't make the playoff, every one of them are vulnerable. I don't know that we've ever gone into a college football playoff where we could say all four teams have a major vulnerability. Yeah. I mean, Clemson lost to Syracuse. And yes, they lost their quarterback, but they were losing when they lost their quarterback. Uh, Alabama lost bad to Auburn, who is a good team. I wouldn't say, obviously they've proven they're not a great team. Georgia, same thing, lost bad to Auburn. Oklahoma lost to Iowa State. Which if you, actually if you measure it up, Oklahoma's loss probably looks better than just about anybody's. Well, it's, I mean. Not Alabama's. Yeah. And they lost on the road to Auburn. Yeah, well, I'll say this. They just got their, their ass kicked, their, though. Their loss, they did. seven points, combined with the rest of their resume, it trumps Alabama big time. I oh, mean, yeah, Oklahoma, there's no question. Oklahoma no had question. a legitimate argument for number one. The committee never recognized it. But they well, had a legitimate argument. Yeah, and I think that just goes into the fact that they have no respect for the Big 12. Oklahoma, it would have been interesting if, what if TCU had Oklahoma's resume? Would they have gotten in? Like, no question about it? No. Like, I, there was no question for OU, but anybody else in the conference probably doesn't get in. And that's what kind of pisses me off about the committee is the fact that it's all about helmet. I, yeah, helmet. I think TCU and Oklahoma State legitimately have to go undefeated to get into this thing. And it shouldn't be like that. Oklahoma and Texas are the only ones that can walk into that thing with a blemish. I, I just, agree. I, it, it shouldn't be like that. And I I guess that's what you but, get for putting people in charge of it. For That takes or puts the human element into the decision. Well, the problem is, here's the thing. Like, maybe Oklahoma State gets in... With, and here's the problem. TCU and Oklahoma State, and TCU's tried to change a little bit, but they don't play great out of conference, especially Oklahoma State. I mean, they've tried yeah. a little bit with Pittsburgh, but that doesn't do anything. Well, and TCU probably didn't know that Arkansas was going to be so shitty this year when they scheduled them. But still, they're not trying that hard. Yeah, they're I not mean, going out and they're not scheduling like OU does. So, it, like, if TCU had a win versus, like, let's say they had a win versus Ole Miss even. Or uh, let's say, well, let's say TCU had scheduled. Uh, let's say they scheduled Auburn and they beat them in the in the in the non-conference, and then they lost one game and then they beat a, a one-loss Oklahoma in a Big Twelve title game. I think they'd get in then. Same with Oklahoma State. But you're going to have yeah. to have a really marquee non-conference win if you're TCU or Oklahoma State. Or Unless Iowa you're State. undefeated. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter, but... Yep. I mean, and that's where, you know, I'm like, if you'd have just handled your business. I mean, uh, that, and that's... I mean, I know that's tough because it's not fair, but at the same time, it is still in your control. Uh, but if you're going to do it like that, I think you guys are right. I mean, it is so much about helmet. Get the top 15 programs in the country, put them in a conference, let them play for national championship every year. Honestly, like, why, why even Nick bother? Saban's theory? Honestly, I mean, that's probably that what they should do. Or like, just have one giant. Just have the big. Well, I mean, really, if, if you really want to be like put out about it, should USC had, or I mean, a USF should have had a some type of argument 
mean, they went undefeated. UCF. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Central Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bet UCF on their on most days they'd have a chance at beating a TCU or a yeah. USC. Well, or Stanford. I'd say those teams that didn't win conference championships that almost did, they'd hang with those teams. But are, here's the problem. If UCF, if they're going to play Oklahoma's schedule or they're going to play uh, Clemson's schedule, are they going to survive? Like, if, if they lose their... It's just like Oklahoma State. Like, when they played TCU, they lost their right side of their offensive line and they lost that game. Like UCF, what happens if they lose their starting left tackle? Do you really think that they have a great backup left tackle? Doubtful. That's so it's those not, teams always get crushed. Yeah, Very it's, it's yeah. not. It's not. It's an apples to oranges argument. Yeah. Yep. UCF isn't playing the same schedule that Alabama and Oklahoma and Georgia and Clemson are playing. Yes, they're going undefeated, but that doesn't mean that they should be able to play in the same sandbox. They should get their own sandbox. I don't want to. I don't want to see a. Group of five or group of six championship. Who cares about that's the NIT. The, the college football doesn't need the NIT. I think that it's a. I think it's a fair consideration though that nobody really cares about those teams. Like I don't think it's saying it's being wrong in saying the best that. thing. The best you're going to do is you're going to get like a a Conor McGregor or Floyd Mayweather fight out of it, where one team can kind of it can get everybody riled up, like oh UCF is going to play the winner of the. The uh, college football playoff, but in the end, whoever it is—Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, well, Clemson—it's got. It might be a good football for a half, but then yeah, there's going to be a knockout blow. Once every ten years, half. there might be a team, a really special group that has, you know, a very senior-laden group that ends up winning on a. So why waste our time with that? Yeah, why waste our time with that when we can just expand to eight? That's true. I kind of like the six idea. I don't know if I love the idea of giving two teams a bye. But I kind of like it. Because you'd have like Oklahoma and Clemson on a bye. You'd have Oklahoma and Clemson on a bye this week. And then uh, I might even be able to be talked into uh, to the host round being played on site at a campus. I know that's probably asking too much. But I could be talked into it. In the, in the, in the opening round. Right. Like what would be the quarterfinal or... Semifinal with two teams having a bye. You know what would be interesting in that argument? If you're going to do it that way, obviously you have to play a little bit ahead. You know, maybe the first round, the first two games in the, I guess, quarterfinals, you'd call them. It's got to be before the other bowl games. Because, exactly. Because that then you've got to be able to get to your bowl site and have your nine, ten days, whatever it is. I'm even, and this might piss off the real traditional fan. Let's do away with some bulls. Oh, hundred percent. Like, I don't think there's any. I I don't think that there's any doubt that six and six teams that have struggled to get to six and six. Sorry, you shouldn't go bowling. No one cares. If you had to beat an FCS team to get to a bowl, you don't need to be in a bowl. The only interest that I'll have in, in bowl games coming up this week is probably because I entered a bowl pick'em or something, and I technically have money on it. That's the only thing that will. Get me to watch them. If you start eliminating crappy bowls, the Big 12 won't have any bowls to play in. Get better. Get better and make the finals then. I'm just saying the Big 12 12 has a shitty bowl alliance. There are some, uh, just looking at the bowl schedule for the Big 12, there are some very... Because they lose the Cotton Bowl, which is bad. 
and it's just it's some very uninspiring uh, matchups. Like, who does Iowa State play? Iowa State and Memphis or something. I think that's Is that right. right. Yeah. I mean, Texas having to stay in Texas to play their bowl game is the saddest thing ever. Well, when you well, consider the asshole that's running that program, it's kind of fun. Is te- Texas is playing? They're playing in the Texas Bowl at Reliant, though, right? Not the heart of Dallas, right? Yeah, I think that's right. right. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, th- th- to me, there's just no question. There's too many bowls. You can't tell me that you saw Texas this year and thought that's a worthy bowl team. Like, I want to no. see more of them. I would love to see more of Sam Ellinger and that well, offense. I mean, that's just because you're wasting a concussion upon the poor kid. Like he's going to get, and they don't. And now half their team is leaving. All their quality yeah. players aren't even going to play. It's it's really bad. I'm I'm just checking out the the bowl schedule. Missouri's again. Missouri doesn't have an offensive coordinator. I mean that is a sad sad bowl. I I still am. I'm still just shocked that. How bizarre! Central was, Florida hired Josh Heupel to be their head coach. How bizarre is that? Uh, Josh Heupel loses his job playing a horrible game against Clemson in Orlando, Florida. Gets his first head coaching job in Orlando, Florida. It's it just I don't know. There's something perfect about it, and I'm happy for Josh Heupel because I think he's Did truly a in that good guy. But uh, no, I was wondering, is it the same stadium? I bet they don't. I, I don't bet it, they have to have gotten a new one, right? I mean, it's in the middle of a ghetto. All the uh, all the buildings are boarded up around that place. I thought they they built a new stadium. They might have. Tells you how much I care about Central Florida football. I'm not even sure the the Central Florida beat guys know if they built a new stadium. I saw something that was pretty funny on Twitter just talking about, like, how did Central Florida keep this so quiet that they were going to hire Josh Heupel? <laughs> and somebody said, well, there's only, like, three people that cover the team, so I'm sure it was pretty easy to control the message. We have a Don't we have a rival Central Florida site? We do. We And the guy does a pretty good job. His name's Brandon Helwig. Um, oh, okay, yeah, I know him. But it was uh, it was Sean Callahan who actually made that comment. Okay, there's only okay. two to three day-to-day beat guys. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I the the coaching carousel. I think I guess it has finally wrapped up, but this whole month has just been crazy, and I guess it's even more enhanced because of social media. But at the same time, it has been it's been fun to watch because Tennessee throwing up on themselves never gets old. Nebraska doing their thing with Scott Frost. I think that's going to fail. I think Nebraska is a dead program. I don't know. Uh, I look at Scott Frost and I just see strong man. Strong man, like I mean, he was like he was on the college football award show last night. Oh yeah, I mean, I I should root for Scott Frost to fail because that would prove that even people that work out and are in shape can suck at life too. <laughs> it's I just I don't know. I I think that Nebraska is such a dead program that they've no they've one made can so many it. bad hires. It's just I I don't know. At some point, they like, need to find a recruiting base. I mean, they yeah. need to find. Whether they, whether I mean, just start cheating your ass off. I mean, they might. That's, that's the funding, only option. Start funding IMG. I mean, make your own IMG. Make, 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 you know, Cornhusker IMG Academy. Out of Omaha? Something. Yeah, just make it in a cornfield somewhere. I just... remember when they made the move. I got into a conversation with John Tallman about it. And he's like, oh, they're going to recruit Ohio. No, no, they're not. 
like the best kids in Ohio go to Ohio State or Michigan. Like there's no there's no middle ground on that. Or and they go so, national, which Nebraska is not national. They'll go to Texas or Oklahoma yeah. or USC or or UCLA. Well, if they'd have made the move in 2001 when they were still competing for national championships, maybe that there there's some ability to do that. But by the time they left, they were a you know a second tier Big Twelve team. Well, look at Missouri too. I mean, they're I mean, like Missouri's like, oh well, we've got kids in this region. Yeah, but Trevor Trout's going to USC. Ronnie Perkins is going to OU. I mean, those kids are in your backyard. You can't get yep. them. Cameron Babb's probably not going to Missouri. I mean, you know, you just go down that list. There's and. It's a historic year in Missouri, and they might get two. Yeah. You remember so, being at that Rivals camp, and it's like, well, oh, they, yeah. they could get all these guys if they have a good season. They had a good season. Well, yeah, I remember being at that camp, and Nebraska had like 70 people there interviewing <laughs> kids. <laughs> it was – I just I, – I they at some point, Nebraska missed the boat to reality. Well, and, I mean, like, I mean that's, that's a really good – like Nebraska and Missouri – should both be able to descend on St. Louis and get kids in years like this, and they can't do it. Yeah, they just can't. They're not. Their their profile is just shit. In fact, I think Missouri will find more success again than Nebraska. Oh, I agree. Being an SEC team, being close to St. Louis, having like there's a lot more that's attractive, in my opinion, about Missouri than Nebraska. I'd rather have the Missouri job. And it's not like Scott Frost is going to go in there. I mean, like, I think it was UCF. They kind of call their quarterback like a mini Mayfield. Like, he he throws and runs a little bit. But he's not like – he. I don't think Scott Frost is ever going to be a guy that puts up, like, 600 yards a game offensively. Mm-hmm. No. I I would be surprised. And especially not – I just, they're not going to be able to recruit the kids that they need to do that. He'd probably have a better – chance at getting that low three-star flyer out of Miami at Central Florida than he would Nebraska. But the thing is, like, if Wisconsin can be successful doing what they do, why can't Nebraska be successful? They're Nebraska. I, well, it's just that there's a cap. Wisconsin, like, you don't think of Wisconsin as a true national title contender. Like, even this year, they were one win away from the playoffs, and everybody's like, yeah, I don't really buy them. You know, like, I, th- th- there was just no... Even if they'd have won, I'd have been like Alabama would beat them by three touchdowns. But they're in the same conference, though, Josh. They they're they're sharing the same. No, no, no. The, what what the I'm same. saying is that Nebraska, the expectation is we're going to compete for national titles. No, you're not. Yeah. No, maybe in a, a really good year, you, you can do that again. But the, Tom Osborne, that's gone. Like, just let that be. And I think that's where they've gone wrong is if they think they can start competing for titles every year. And I mean. But they're, I'm saying they're said, not well, even. He's good for nine or ten wins. Somebody said it the other day. So he's good for nine or ten wins. Scott Frost, a great coach. Yeah. So was Bo Pelini. Seven straight years of nine wins. They ran in the hell out of town. But I'm saying, like Nebraska's, they're not even shooting for the the was it Adrian Peterson's? They're not even shooting for the moon and landing in the stars. They're shooting for the stars and they're landing in the dumpster. I mean, they're not even they're not even sniffing a division championship. Yeah. Oh no. Guys, they were they were four games back of the second place team in their own division, and you want to guess who that team was? Minnesota Northwestern. Northwestern, a private school full of smart kids, and Nebraska couldn't come close to them. 
It's a sad state of affairs. That's what happens when you take their natural rivalry with Texas away, Josh. Oh, God. Oh, Carrie, did you see that in the middle of all your sickliness? No, I guess not. I, I, there was no question my popular tweet of the week. Joey Galloway on college football final Saturday night is talking about, uh, it was, it was, you know, they were talking about Scott Frost being hired and he makes a comment where, well, Nebraska got into a lot of trouble when they left the big 12 and lost all their, you know, big, uh, rivalries or big historic rivalries like with Texas. Oh yes, I did kind of catch that. Sweet mother of God. Are you kidding me? Jojo, that's my boy. Can't wait to see him here in a couple weeks. I hope he's in Los Angeles. You can be wrong about an opinion. Baylor, he was wrong, and it was stupid, and we knew it was stupid when he said it. That's just not factual. That's not even close. That's my boy. He and uh, he must have helped Maria Taylor study for the uh, award show last night, calling Orlando Brown, as you heard in our open, from uh, Ohio State. And the sad thing is, Maria Taylor and Tom Rinaldi will be doing the OU, uh, the OU Georgia game. Do you think she will uh, refer to Kirby Smart as the head coach of Alabama? Usually, you catch him with a foxtail, though. But you didn't bring your foxtail, Orlando Brown, from Ohio State. Yeah, I was watching that interview. She had no idea who she was talking to the entire time. Like. The questions were so generic. Like, if you're talking to Orlando Brown, what's the first thing you ask him? You ask him about protecting Baker Mayfield's blind side. Right. Like, there was none of that. There was none of There was, is it harder to be an offensive lineman or a quarterback? Who works harder? Like, it was, and I understand. I mean, they were, like, shotgunning interview after interview after interview, so it was difficult. But, like... To not, I mean, like for somebody not to be able to be in her ear or to say, hey, you've got Orlando Brown from Oklahoma coming up next. Like, surely that had to have happened. And it's not like she's operating independently. She has producers in her ear. Okay, you're talking to this guy. Talk to him about, like, that's not just her falling down on the job. That's the entire production crew failing her. Well, they are yeah. eliminating positions by the week at yeah, Bristol. Shows. It definitely shows. But hey, we got to give it up to uh, the Mortel Award winner. Uh, Do we? Come, no, not so much for the win, but for the video. The video was strong. Yeah, they put it together. That was very, very well, very well done. Agreed. I think that uh, I need to check with my people over at Heritage Hall, but I wonder if they'll have the same type of uh, like award trophy case as Putnam <laughs> City North has for Sam Bradford with the Heisman as. With the Mortel Award? Yeah, with the Mortel Award. Maybe he'll find a home. Do you think they're going to make that road leading into the school? That'll be Connor McGinnis' way McGinnis now. Way. If they win the national championship, maybe. <laughs> I a lot of pressure going into the playoffs, though, Connor. Like, that that kicking unit has to be on top of yeah, like on it, top it's, of its shit going into the game. It's like winning the Heisman. Yeah. It's you, like, you, you know, you are, are you going to have a letdown now? Can't screw around. Can't screw around at all. Definitely have to but, give it up to him, though. I, I agree, Josh. Another Holder letdown, you know. God, it always happens. Put him on the cover of Holder Magazine Weekly. I would subscribe. (laughs) All right, so everybody's headed to New York now. Uh, Baker Mayfield, he's going to win the Heisman tomorrow. He'll become the sixth Heisman Trophy winner. Has it not been, like, talked about enough this week? Or 
have we just been so caught up in it for the last month that like the only thing that kept Baker Mayfield away or kept him from being formally announced as the Heisman Trophy winner is the ceremony tomorrow night and maybe a crotch grab in between. Like for the last month, we've known that Baker Mayfield's winning the Heisman, right? Well, I mean, it doesn't matter if we know it or not. I mean, they got to you got to go through the right, right. But like, there's just there's the just motions. no questions going into it. I guess would be the best way to put it. Well, when Lamar Jackson was one of the three, you're just kind of like, okay, they couldn't come up with anybody better. And I, actually, I I kind of I give respect to the voters because uh, Saquon Barkley didn't deserve to be there. I mean, his numbers just weren't. I mean, he had some flashes, but his numbers just. He had games where he was just not good. He'd have a big run here. And, the, and look, I think Saquon Barkley is probably the best pro out of all these guys that we're talking about. Probably has the biggest impact in the NFL. And I'm sorry, Baker fans. I'm just, I'm taking a wait and see. Like, I just, I'm not going to sit here and say Baker's going to be great in the NFL. I don't know. Oh, I think anybody that just sits here and bangs their head against the desk and says, you know, Baker's going to be an NFL MVP or anything like that is is a very much an Oklahoma him. fan. Yeah, I mean, I'm not putting it past him. Oh, he's been proving people wrong since he left, like, Travis. Yeah. But, but I'm right. just saying, just, just from a talent... By the way, Bryce Love, is anybody else bothered by how tiny his legs are? Guess I didn't. Re- I haven't noticed. Every time I see him play, or every time I watch one of his highlights, he just has tiny legs. Like, not normal... Big, powerful running back legs. Am I wrong, Josh? I think Saquon Barkley just dis- distorts your like vision. He really of does people's legs. He, he really does. It's kind of like in the old, you know, when you would watch. I don't pick anybody and then let them stand next to Adrian, and you're like, "Good God!" Like that's it's just you look like a little kid, and that's what he does. But you're not wrong. Bryce Love is he looks more like a slot receiver than he does a running back. And I think that's probably part of why he had some injury issues because he was just being asked to carry a load that, you know, frankly, he didn't really have the frame to do. So, um, or not doesn't have the frame, but I mean, it just makes him more uh, more possible to get hurt. But, I, boy, I don't care. I mean, he's, you know, and Kerry, you said that about Lamar Jackson. To me, I think I think that was the right call because to me, he's the only guy, and I mean, the only guy that I could understand any argument for being chosen over Baker. And I want people to be clear. I definitely think Baker Mayfield should be the Heisman Trophy winner. I'm saying I could actually hear a coherent argument for Lamar Jackson being the choice. Well, anybody you're, you're else, a jerkhead, it's, just, then. it's foolish. It's stupid. It's wrong. We, ad- we admonish you officially, then. So Look you guys- at his, his numbers are absurd. Absurd. And the reason, I, and I understand he's your not going to win it because, you know, on a sir? couple of big stages, he didn't play that great, that kind of thing. But there's, I mean, Baker doesn't have his numbers. I'm sorry, sir, but your point is invalid. Baker wins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you guys don't, you were not impressed by Saquon Barkley's eight games under 100 yards this year? That no. was an amazing stat when you threw that out, Eddie. That's I, I would have never guessed. I mean, I knew that he disappointed down the stretch, but I didn't realize it had been that strong. The only reason Mike, Mike not- DeCourcy's funeral is next week if you want to attend. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I knew is because in a press box, you really have nothing else to do during halftimes and stuff except to check out the Heisman competition. And just about every week, I would look and see what Saquon Barkley was doing. 
And there would be times when he'd go an entire half with like eight yards rushing. And then he'd have like a 60-yard run coming out of halftime. Or he'd have a kickoff return in the first half. But like Penn State, the thing about Penn State is uh, the Gusecki kid, he was a Mackey finalist along with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews won that award. Penn State had probably one of the worst receiving cores of a college football playoff contender in the country. They didn't have they didn't have much just outside of Saquon Barkley they didn't have much. I mean McSworley's a McSorley good player. McSworley was really good last year. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm not I'm not in love with the Joe Moorhead guy as much as everybody else is. I think I've been pretty open about that. If McSorley is in the Big 12, where does he rank in quarterbacks? 6th or 7th? He probably is like Iowa State's fourth quarterback. Yeah, and he'd probably I mean, be got, badass, though. Well, third quarterback, because the first, first two were a disaster. I'd take Greer over him. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Kind of wish we Let's got see. to see Who Greer are... in person. Yeah, God, I, I loved him when I watched him. I mean, he when, you know, and it was crazy, because I... I it, I was watching something this week where they were breaking down some of the stuff West Virginia did in that OU game, and not like the fighting and that stuff, but actual plays and some of the guys that I kind of like that'll sit down and break down tape. And they were like, there were guys that I know that know all the terminology and they love all this stuff, and they're like, I don't know what that is. Like Dana Holgerson invented stuff for Oklahoma, and OU fans in that first half were like, What is Mike Stoops doing? Why can't he stop this? He didn't see this on tape. This didn't exist on tape. Yeah, like, no, not, Mike not said just 75. It didn't exist on any tape. Mike said after the game, 75% of what they ran they'd never seen before. Yep. And didn't prepare I, for. I mean, I've been tough on Mike in this pod, but that game, I've got no fault. Because you didn't know. Like, you had no idea when West Virginia rolled out what they were going to do. Okay, so here's something I want to get to. Uh, you know, Oklahoma, everybody is headed to New York. Lincoln Riley took, his, uh, took a photo of his uh, private plane to New York earlier today. Uh, and I know like Oklahoma state, this is like their big recruiting weekend. Like they're bringing in like nine, uh, commits that they're trying to get to sign early. Uh, and you know, oh, you already lost that week because of the big 12 championship, but Josh, I would assume just the, the college football awards, the, the whole college football world having their eyes on Oklahoma. I mean, like you heard. Uh, you heard Chris Fowler mention it last night. It's becoming a big night for the Sooners. I mean, they were all over the TV last night. I mean, you had Baker Mayfield winning everything. Uh, Orlando Brown didn't win the Outland. Ed Oliver deservingly won that. Uh, Mark Andrews won the the Mackey Award. Uh, but you had you know Oboe's name mentioned on the Walter Camp team last night. They all made the AP first team. The uh, SI all SI team. Athletic. AP Baker AP Walter Camp. Uh, I would assume that it's going to be fine for Oklahoma not to have this recruiting weekend because of uh, you know everybody being in New York. Oh, absolutely. And when you throw in, guys, the reality is Oklahoma just doesn't have a lot of targets left. They've only got a few spots. They know with each spot probably the two or three guys that they want to fill that particular scholarship. And most of those guys have already visited. There, there's not a lot of, well, we'll see – I think in January you're going to get some of those guys that, okay, we missed on this guy. We've got to answer, you know, we're going to figure this place out. So I think you'll get some of that in January. But even next weekend, I don't expect to see some big rush of guys that we've never heard of or guys that OU hasn't been that involved with. So 
you look at it, you know, and Oklahoma's been out on the road. I mean, they've seen guys like Jeremiah Martin on the defensive line. Uh, they went and saw Trey Brown first thing last Sunday. I think now you're getting into a point in time when Oklahoma is going to have to sit down and make some decisions. If, if are we willing to risk losing Raymond Scott because we want to keep pursuing Deshaun White? Are we willing to do the same for Merlin Robertson because we want to chase Delhi from IMG? Like, there's a lot of stuff where Oklahoma is going to have to start being really honest with themselves and say, what are our odds of getting these guys? Because to me, I mentioned Oklahoma's going after Trey Brown. To me, it looks like A&M is going to keep Terry Price, their defensive line coach. I know um, there's been a lot of talk of it. I, I've even heard that he's been out recruiting some with Jimbo Fisher, but it's not been announced officially. Once that gets announced officially, if I'm OU, I don't even waste another minute. I mean, Trey, hey, good luck to you. Best of luck at College Station. We've got to go figure out what we're doing. And I last year they did this with Marvin, and I kind of understood why they did it because he was such a big national guy. It made them, you know, it gave them some presence, and they got a lot of attention whenever they would go see him. But with Trey, that's not going to happen, and he's going to A&M. If that coach stays, he's going to A&M. So, you, you've got to cut ties and move on to your next guy. Okay, we want this guy. This is who we're going to push for now. This is who we're going to send Lincoln in right before Christmas. Maybe we can even push to get whoever that is signed, and we can have this done on December 20th. So, to me, that's where OU is right now. It's about figuring out who are our real targets and who are guys that we're just spinning our wheels with. What I guess, Josh, what is the what are the pros and cons of chasing a guy like that and then finally, like, is it just a self-realization that we just got to cut ties? Is it is it about making that decision, or is it worth chasing a guy like not maybe a Trey Brown, but you know the linebacker situation? I've had millions of folks ask him, you know, ask me or anybody on the board, what is their, I guess, vision for the linebacker position right now? And it seems like there isn't one known publicly, and. I mean, I, I know that they have one, but when do you have to start making that decision? Is it in within the next week, or does the early signing period, I guess, accelerate that, and or I guess put it on the back burner, and you just try and get through December 20th, and then you start making decisions? I, th- I And Scoop talked about this. They're, from what I understand, Oklahoma is going to sit down at some point this weekend and kind of go over their linebacker group, start making some comparisons, start figuring out what their breaking point is with certain guys. Because there's no question that right now they've got two spots, and they want Deshaun White to be one of them, and they want Ayudeli to be the other one. And if I, in both cases, I think OU's got about a coin flip chance. I, 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 it's not, I don't think OU should walk away from either, but... You've got. To, I feel like they're being overly deliberate about. You're our backup option. We're not ready to take you. We're we're focused on these guys. Like I let it be in a little bit of gray area. Sure, maybe it's not the nicest thing ever, but that's recruiting. Yeah, I feel like almost as a recruit, I would. I don't know if I'd be turned off by it, but that might send me in a different direction if if they were too honest with me like that. That and that's exactly it. But I, mean, I guess on the other side of that, for the last what five years, we've been bitching about them not having a vision and not telling kids where they exactly stand and trying to chase the guy that they were never going to get. Oh yeah, I mean, and this has been an issue for OU for a while. And I thought, and I've said it before, 
I thought this year Oklahoma was much, much better. I, I feel like they've done that in several cases where they just said, you know what, we're not getting that guy. We're going to move forward. I think Jalen Waddle from Houston was a really mm-hmm. good example where they could have waited around on him, and they said, no, we're going to take Jalen Robinson. We're going to take Jaqueline Crawford. We like both those guys, and we'll let Waddle do whatever he's going to do because he's probably not coming anyway. Let me so ask I, you. I, let me let me ask oh, you a hypothetical. Um, you know, OU's got to do what they got to do. They're they're playing in a Big Twelve championship game. You have all these coaching changes. Uh, it, I I sometimes wonder, like, okay, so you look at A and M. Jimbo Fisher comes in. Uh, you look at UCLA. Uh, Chip Kelly comes in. You've got all these changes around. Texas hasn't really changed. It seems so. Maybe maybe the, my theory is not right because uh, uh, a day oh, a but a, you, Deli. I mean, a deli. I've screwed everybody up because yeah. I'm so scared of that name. Ayo Deli Adeoe. How about that? Uh, Ooh, I liked it. That's a good run. So, so I mean, that he's one guy that they've been making a run at with a team that has had a stable coaching staff. Well, we don't know about Todd. What Todd Orlando's name came up a little bit, but now it's it's in the mix at SMU is what it sounds like. I don't um, know how much that is them just floating that name or if there really is interest. I guess the question I'm him and hot around is. Do you think that they kind of got hurt a little bit by having to play in the Big 12 championship with some of these guys because they couldn't go in there when the coaching changes happened and really hit hammered these guys? I think there's something to that. I think, um, you know, it's it's so individual because, I mean, some of these situations are like Leon O'Neal with A&M hiring Jimbo Fisher. For those that don't know, Jimbo Fisher didn't recruit Leon O'Neal at Florida State. And... Normally, okay, he's a Houston area guy. There's lots of guys in Houston that Florida State doesn't offer. But this guy's got offers from Clemson and Michigan and Ohio State. I mean, this isn't just any guy from Houston. So that that helps a lot. So I thought it was very interesting, and I thought it was telling that Jimbo Fisher, one of the first things he did was went and hung out with Leon O'Neill's 7-on-7 coach and pissed a lot of Texas high school coaches off in the process. So that's, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But, yeah – you know, I think in certain situations it did hurt them because, you know, like you look at TJ Pledger and Brendan Radley Hiles who visited UCLA that weekend. Well, Oklahoma could have went in that Sunday after the West Virginia game and said, and, you know, and kind of just said, you know, we're here, we're with you, you know, we're going to be around. But instead, hey, you know, we're on the phone. I hope you had a good visit, you know, that kind of thing. It's just more impactful when you're sitting in front of these kids to kind of stem any momentum that another school might that's probably the biggest thing now at ucla in the radley hile situation they've let go of demetrius um uh martin and that's a huge deal for a lot of their recruiting in southern california and i think that's going to end up paying huge dividends for ou with radley hiles because not only is he kind of their their southern california ace but he is also their defensive backs coach. So that whole relationship he had is gone, and now he's going to have to figure out whoever Chip Kelly's going to bring in. What? Just Okay, so you got the Heisman this weekend. Uh, you've got the 20th coming up. That's the first day uh, of, of the early signing period, 20, 20th through the 22nd. Uh, I think the good news there is that uh, Bray Walker now, I mean, Bob was Bob Prisbillo or Bob, our Bob uh, was the first Our to Bob. kind of throw it out there that he was going to go ahead and sign early. Uh, what what else is out there that this staff really is going to crack down on or can crack down on and maybe try and get a, 
a signing in the early period that that might be in question? Well, first off, can we? I've got to give Bob some credit. He broke that news and was so nonchalant about it. I would have pimped the hell out of breaking that news. So that's why Bob's a better person than everybody else in this podcast. So credit to Bob. But as far as what you're talking about, guys that I think they're going to try to push for, I don't know that there's a lot of that out there because, frankly, there's just not a lot that we don't know right now. I mean, as far as early enrollment guys, uh, guys that are going to sign on December 20th, Hang on, I'm, I'm kind of pulling up my list as I kill a little time here. But we've already got, you know, Brian Asamoah is, is going to be an early signee. Uh, Patrick Fields, Jordan Kelly, Tremonda Moore, Ron Tatum, Kendarius Taylor, Bray Walker. And then you've got other guys like uh, early enrollees and Jaqueline Crawford, Jalen Redmond, uh, the Turner Yale kid from Hempstead. That's more than half of your class right there. I mean, and that's just in the guys I've been able to confirm. And there are several others that are still – uh, still possibilities. So I, I think that's going to be um, kind of what you, what you end up watching for. With Now, as far as the guy, maybe a guy to keep an eye on, I'll sit here and kind of try to go over the list. Um, I know Miguel Edwards is planning to enroll early, so he's not going to be one of them. I'm just trying to come up with a good name. Uh, TJ Pledger is another early enrollee, so he yeah. it, it's not like he's in question. I think if you were going to say anybody, it's probably a guy not on the commitment list, and that's Deshaun White, because he's been pretty open. He's told me several times he would like to sign in that early period if he can, and I think that's just a matter of him wanting to be done with all of this. You know, he knows so that, that could each be... of the three schools he's looking at, he knows who's going to be the coach now. That's not in question anymore, and now he's just got to pick out where he wants to go. That could be our December, February, you know, switcheroo, get the facts in during the midnight hour kind of deal. Deshaun that, that could be the Cass Everett of this year, if you if you remember that whole debacle. So Or the uh, uh, Corey Nelson. Yes. Back oh, in the day. Corey Nelson, that's a good one. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be the one, and I, I mean, we'll just have to watch that on December 20th because Deshaun's such an interesting kid because he has all this going around about him. He's in the Dallas area. He's got all these UT and A&M and you know, sites, OU sites talking to him. And at the same time, he's talking to everybody. Like a lot of kids, when they're where he is, they've kind of shut it down and they're not saying much publicly and you kind of have to gather stuff from behind the scenes. Deshaun, I can talk to Deshaun at almost any point I want to. The kid's really accessible. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what plays out over the next week. Now, I know talking to some people, OU really was kind of waiting for him to get done with his season. Well, Richland's gone on a pretty great run here, uh, kind of unheard of in their particular area of Fort Worth, and now they play Alito this week. I'm guessing that's not going to go well for Deshaun White and company. So I think at that point, then he can turn his focus to recruiting, and who knows, maybe this next week he makes his decision and signs You know, early next week or early the following week. Yeah, we went down to uh, we went down to to Arlington. Eddie went over to Waco that Friday night and saw Tanner Mordecai. My question is: This is anybody has anybody raised their profile more in the last month in recruiting that's a quarterback than Tanner Mordecai? The dude can spin it. I was I was pleasantly surprised just how good he was. And considering I I think Mansfield's a decent football team. Yeah, they are. And he I just, mean, they've, they've I mean, got a every, DB that OU offered and wanted. Yeah, um, Cameron Jones. Yeah, yeah. Every I, week, every week he is putting up numbers that are just ridiculous. And it was, what, two weeks after Rising decommitted that 
he was already somewhat. Lincoln I think already that sounds about him. right. Maybe a month. Yep. I mean, it was very. They waited about a week, and then it came out that they'd offered him. And I want to say within maybe two weeks from that offer, then he was on board. So I mean, it was less than a month. I'm sure of that. Uh, but I mean, Eddie, and I don't feel like I'm betraying anything, Eddie. You remember when I sent you the video from Seven on Seven this summer? Yeah. Yeah. And we were both like, "This is the guy. This, this is the guy that's going to do it for like." I remember seeing that video, yeah. I was underwhelmed. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you anything different. Like I, I thought he had a long way to go, and then I saw him early in the season uh, against a good Cedar Ridge team that's actually still – that he minced up, and I thought maybe they're not any good. They're they're in the quarterfinals right now in Texas. I mean, they're, they're, they're a pretty good team, and he went right through them. And I didn't give him enough credit, but now going back and watching you know, what he's doing week in and week out – you got to give Lincoln Riley a lot of credit. I mean, he saw that kid when a lot of other people weren't buying. I mean, he was going to go to Baylor if OU didn't offer. So they jumped in on him at the right time, and it looks like they've got another really good quarterback to to take some time with and develop. He's going to be in a really awkward position uh, when he comes in because he's going to be here a year before Spencer Rattler, who obviously will bring more, I guess, prestige with the name, and then – uh, you're gonna have Kyler Murray for two years, and then everybody else that goes with it. Uh, you know, Austin Kendall in there, I guess. Uh, it's just kind of an awkward position for him, but uh, we'll see. I I think from what I saw when I saw him play last week, I was very impressed. At a place like Oklahoma, though, I mean, you look at some of the people, Sam Bradford. Oh, you can never have too Josh many quarterbacks. Heifel. I mean, the guys that have stood out. I mean, how many times? I think you can say that the stud recruits have worked out fewer times than the surprise recruits. Oh, no I mean, doubt. Brett Bomar. No doubt. And not not all because of ability, but I think like Tommy Grady. Yeah, there's never been did anything. There's been a lot of uh highly ranked guys that have flamed out at OU. I'm not saying Spencer Rattler's going to flame out. No, no. I mean, no. obviously if you're recruiting a guy that good. By the way, did anybody did you see the thing where they went around and asked Arizona high school football players uh, they showed him a picture of Her- Herm Edwards and asked if they knew who it was. I'm guessing no. nobody knew. It was pretty good. Did none of them know? Uh, most, some of them knew because they'd just seen his press conference. They're like, that's that Edwards guy at Arizona State. It, Did it, that run with him trying to identify what a Sun Devil was? I think that some of that was in there. But Spencer Rattler was one of the guys that they asked. I thought that was, and he actually knew a little bit about that he was on ESPN and stuff. Like I think Herm Edwards is a great guy, obviously. That yeah, everybody loves him. Yeah, but there may not be what a person that I want to see fail worse than Herm Edwards. I mean, what are you doing, Arizona State? I mean, I know your AD is his former agent or whatever. It there there were some coaching hires this year that did you see? The, I will be actively rooting against, and that is one of them. Did you see the thing that Joe Bettner did? Yeah, the office. The office. That was very well put together. I, in fact, Joe, I, thumbs up to you. Yeah, I I need to reach out to him and tell him how how well that was. I done. need to do the same. But the I'll whole thing when they this. when they brought in the jersey, that was hilarious. That was it's so perfect. Michael Scott. Oh yeah, it's perfect. It is perfect. <laughs> it is very well put together. I think Josh he put it out on his uh, Twitter account, and it is uh, it's a bunch of clips. That have been put together over the last couple of days of Herm Edwards. It looks set to like the a, office yeah, it opening. looks like an opening montage. If Arizona State football were the office, nice. 
what was worse for Herm? The the press release that was the whole GM style verbiage crap that they used, or the press conference where he clearly, or well, not clearly. He I know he since refuted it on Golic and Wingo, but he said the something devil's about, digest thing. Yeah, that the acted like he was unclear about why that site's name would be Devil's Digest, and then secondly, the his agent making a comment about. They're going to be winners in life or something. Oh, no. Did you hear that? Oh, His, no. First of all, what the hell is your agent doing speaking at the press conference? Because he doesn't and know secondly, his place. And secondly, it was something very Butch Jones's, like oh, Champions no. of Life. Crap. Yeah. I think, we've, I think we've put to rest that, you know why Jimmy Sexton's the best? I've never seen the guy. I've never heard the guy talk. You couldn't like, pick him that, out of a line. Yeah, that must mean he Fact. does his agent really. He's a really he good agent. He has 11... Of the SEC coaches, he represents eleven of the SEC coaches. The, the SEC coaching thing is really interesting, just in that it is now I think common fact that they just they don't let outsiders in. It's very strange. Like if you want to win the SEC, the answer isn't hiring a Nick Saban assistant. They don't think outside the box. Is that because they're just stupid? Are they just dumb people? It's kind of like inbreed inbreeding. They're just dumb people, aren't they? They're not smart. They're not. They're not innovative. I mean, it. They had Hal Mummy and Mike Leach in that league. I, I just it, it blows like my mind. Way back when, before the Big Twelve was even what they are now, it blows my mind that like they're just so dead set in their ways. Like the best. I, I tweeted thing- about it the other day. The most SEC thing I've ever seen. Hal Mummy was literally a miracle from losing to LSU, from getting fired. At uh, I said, would I say how mummy? Make yeah. Gus Malzahn was a, a just a breath away from getting fired at Auburn last year. If basically he and Les Miles were playing a one-off, whoever lost that game last year was getting fired. Yeah, Miles lost, he got fired instead of Malzahn. Now Malzahn goes and is competing for you know a berth in the playoff, and Arkansas wanted to pay him a ton of money and steal him away. Like when a year ago he was almost out of a job. Yeah. They simple minded. There's people. no original ideas. They just don't believe in it. It's just a bunch of people with bad haircuts. Well, and now the the and borderline idea, racist. The original idea is hire someone off Nick Saban's staff with a bad haircut. Oh, doesn't make sense. Does not and make did sense. Did you did you guys read through the subtext of that hiring of everybody that's covered that dude? He's an enormous dickhead. Get your head around it. The Jeremy like, that Pruitt was guy? basically the message. You talking about the Pruitt guy? Yes. Everybody was like, oh, people are going to just have to get used to Jeremy Pruitt doing things the way he believes in doing them. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's just an ass. I Tennessee fell into the same thing that I think Nebraska fell into a little bit. They're letting their former head coach hang around the program too much. And I Tom would... Tom Osborne I would Philip Fulmer. I would warn... Oklahoma, it, it's gone well. I don't, and I think You're Bob is doing the lock, same thing. Lock out Bob Stoops? No, no, no. I'm not not saying it yet, but but because OU's in a lot better situation. But when you when you start failing, the answer isn't to turn back to your former head coach. I don't for know, man. I don't think Bob is the kind of guy that's going to want to hang around and no, I don't think he is either. Program. I don't think he is. E- well, Bob Stoops, he wouldn't have been like Tom Osborne. And Philip Fulmer and tried to hang around for too much longer yeah. as a head coach. Yeah. He got out of it. 
So I think well, that's that, there's I a say. clear, distinct difference. That's why I say. I said, if you're going, like, don't let Bob, you know, start running the program someday, that, that, I don't think that'll ever be a problem. No, I don't think it will either. But I'm Guys, just... Is, one of the things that constantly baffles me, how the hell do head coaches in major sports keep ending up as athletic directors? What qualification do you have in this day and age to run an athletic yeah. department? Maybe in the 70s, that was cool. But sure. today, in this day and age, when you've got Title IX and all these different sports and faci- – I mean, an athletic director is about raising money, which, you know, certain coaches could do that. I mean, Bob could schmooze with the best of them when it comes to the do- you know the big donors and stuff, but he doesn't want to be in there. That's not his wheelhouse is raising money and being an administrator and having associate ADs to keep think, track of. And, you don't think going to a women's soccer game on Friday night's his dream? No. And to forget, or being on a committee at all. Like being on a basketball committee? No. <laughs> to, guys, when we're all around coaches all the time. The stuff that you hear them say, you do not want to ever be able to be associated with your athletic director. <laughs> do you, you remember when he called that dude a puss boy? Yeah, yeah, that's your that's the guy running your whole athletic department right now. Like, that, and that's obviously that's soft. I, I'm going easy. Like, there's I don't want anything that I'm saying. We're like, well, they said Bob said that before. I'm not saying any of that. But these guys say awful crap, and you don't want someone to be able to come back and be like, yeah, the guy that guided your athletic department for 25 years, you know, hated my mother publicly in front of everyone. Look to me. So, to me, Bob has one clear job ahead of him that he needs to do, and that is to join the college football playoff committee and to bring some damn common sense to that thing. From a coach's perspective, to go in there and fight the jackholes that think the Big 12 doesn't play defense and that the only way to play football is in three yards in a cloud of dust. Bob needs to be on that committee. I just don't know if if Bob would be able to turn that that leaf over and get those guys to understand. I think those those guys have to die off first. Oh, I think I think Bob, I think those guys look, football guys. Football guys understand football, football guys. guys appreciate football guys that have done it earlier than they like. He would have all kinds of respects in that. Just from knowing what I know about like dealing with Pat Jones on a regular basis, like I think Pat Jones would love to be in a room with Lincoln Riley and to pick his brain yeah. and to to hear him talk about football, the challenges of it. That's a different sport. And to, and to and to kind of relay his experiences, as long as there was a respect there, which I think there would be, those guys, I think, if someone like Bob Stoops came in, they would eat it up. Like, whatever he brought to the table, they would eat it up. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I, when, are, when are those spots back open? Like, would he... Would it be next year that he there would be a spot open? I don't know. I need to, I'd have to check in. But usually, people sign up for two or three years. Okay. It's like Hope Kyle will have like yeah. one more year, I think. Oh, poor Kirby. Another year of changing diapers in January. What happens December. if Joey Galloway gets on that thing someday? I'll stop watching college football. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so, look, we're going to have plenty of time to break down uh, Georgia and the Rose Bowl and the college football playoff. Uh, early signing day coming. Josh has got the baby coming. So we'll see what a week that from today. A week from today, 
We'll see how that does with the uh, podcast schedule. <laughs> Rodney Anderson. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. I mean, look, okay, so the whole thing about Rodney Anderson for me is this. No one would know anything was going on if that VPO hadn't been filed. Right. So what it basically did is it stripped away the Norman Police's Department to investigate this thing, and it could be complete worthless shit. There may be nothing to this, which I'm going to go ahead and say the chances are in everything that I know, the chances are that nothing comes of this at all. More than charges are filed that he raped a woman. Shocking. That's like mixing stuff with shocking. This was like shocking. But times this is something 20. it didn't need to happen. Like, and I understand, you know, I'm, I, I'm all for victims and their rights and, and that. And if you feel like you're in danger, you should be able to file a protective order. But in this instance with the high profile, it's just so bad. It's just all so bad. And I don't know. I'm still not taking sides on this thing. I'm just telling you what, what kind of the, the feeling that I get that's going on. Uh, it's Friday. I think, you know, early next week we might hear that, you know, the the Norman Police Department decided not to file any charges. Yeah. I think that's what's mo most likely to happen. Then everybody can move on with their lives. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not one of these people like what should happen to this girl. Like, I'm not going to get into that. Like, that we just don't know any of the facts. Like, it's hard to form an opinion about something when you know very little. It's just amazing to me that so many people came to his defense and that he immediately came out and said that and tweeted and made a Twitter account. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, like, the details of it don't make any sense uh, to me. It's all just really bizarre. I think that's it the best like way to put huge, it. It sounds like a huge, a huge, not misunderstanding, that's not the right way I want to put it, but it was a huge screw-up. I mean, it's... On somebody's part. I don't know who. Yeah, I, I feel it, like there's no middle ground on it. Either it's really, really bad or nothing happened and this girl's doing something awful. Right. And I think it's okay to say that right now. We don't know. It's just such a weird climate, a weird time. I mean, everything that's been going on in Hollywood, yeah, sure. uh, the whole climate of sexual assault and, you know, the whole the fact that, you know, this was reported after it happened by two weeks later, two weeks or whatever. I mean, it's it's weird. It's very, very weird. I, 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 the thing about it is, and this is not trying to be in, I don't care if you want to say that, oh, you're being insensitive to a potential victim. I don't care. It, I hate the fact that it got out there and that everybody had to have a say in it and that everybody got wound up about it when we don't really know if anything happened. It's a just absolutely. been, we've been spinning our wheels through shit. Everybody wants to for hear. A week. Everybody wants to hear one side of it or hear a side of it that makes them feel better. When people, really, the, the they just want to hear what they want to hear. Yeah, they want to take sides. Right. And I hate that. I hate yeah. the whole thing. I hated that I, You know, every time I put up a thread, I had to lock it or delete it and start another one. And it was like I was on board watch. Like, I think that made me sicker this week. Is that I literally felt like I was on board watch for 72 hours just trying to keep people from calling the girl a bitch. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's a. It's, it's just a, ugly and unseemly, and I hate it. And 
it's just I don't want to be in a world where I'm babysitting or trying to legislate people going after victims when we don't know if they're a victim and right. are you know, who's the asshole here? Like you want me to pull who's the asshole out of thin air when we have no information. I hate it. If, if you are in that big of a hurry to rush to something on this, you're the asshole. It's not them. It's you. Like just but everybody's impatient. I mean, that's happen. just that's just the way the world works. I'm fine with that. I understand that you want answers. I understand that that you're impatient. That's the way the world works. I'm not burying my head in the sand. I we just deal with it. We move on. And ex- and I accept it. But I I mean, when I tell you I don't know, you have to understand. I don't know. I can't make something up out of thin air to make you feel better. A month before a football game. Yeah. I mean, right. by the time the football game gets here, this is going to be a distant memory if the charges are dropped. Nobody's going to give a shit. Oh, the broadcast will. Oh, I bear, I guarantee you they won't even mention it. ESPN won't even mention it. If, the, if no charges are filed this week, it will never be mentioned. Oh, I think it'll, it'll be, be like it the... never happened. What are they going to say? Falsely accused of sexual assault? Possibly, Rodney yeah. Anderson for a first down? He probably They probably will. I don't know. They got some professionals doing the game, so maybe not. Look at the cut made by Rodney Anderson on that to pick up four yards. Kind of like he evaded those sexual oh, assault no. charges. <laughs> Is that what they're going to say? I don't know if Kirk would put it that way. but It's have not to, every day that I can it. hear the train crash coming before you get there, Kerry. You have to I was like, oh, this is going to go bad. I know he's going bad here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they include that in the broadcast if the charges are dropped or never filed this week. Not even dropped. Ne- never filed. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're deciding whether to file charges or not. Yeah. That's how early this got people got wind of this stuff. Before they could even interview Rodney Anderson about what happened, the public knew about this. Oh, it was on the Times Square marquee. Running in yeah. in Times Square. I mean, it's all over the place. I I mean, and maybe the Jacob Phillips thing that happened at LSU was just this big of a deal in yeah. Baton Rouge. Well, I don't think we it was. There. I don't think it was just because he wasn't the best running back in the country over the last six weeks. Yeah. Wasn't headed to the college football playoffs. Yeah. Honestly, are you a little surprised it hasn't gotten more run nationally than it has? Because I, I think there's some people that are trying to be responsible about this. And, and, I, and I'm I, sure OU reached out to people, you know, especially partners like ESPN and said, look, this is an investigation. We don't know. There are no charges filed. There's well, I, only been a protective order. I think it's prob- it's part of just the world we live in, too, and, and the fact that 24 to 36 hours, it's out of the news cycle until it comes back up. Yeah. People have moved on. There's other. There's other stories. There's other. Uh, there's other clickbait headlines to use. I mean, it's just not to not to it's be a word like season. Yeah. There's but other even things. In real time, like even while it was a per, like a prevalent story for us locally, I don't feel like it really got out nationally. I would bet there are some fairly fairly respected college football writers that have not said anything about it. It was on ESPN's front page. Yeah. Was it? Okay. Okay. I I missed that part. It's, it's, I think a lot of it has to do with what Carrie has talked about. 
you can't form an opinion based on something that you know nothing about. You can't you can't take an angle at it when you have no idea what it's an it's an accusation. It's an allegation. Right. Everything's alleged. There are no facts. There's there's no there's no blame. There's no anything. Yeah. But when has that ever stopped anybody? Well, not in this day. I think. Well, I I I think that especially with something like rape, though, it's fair. You've got to pump the brakes. There's not a whole lot of uh, leeway either way. At some point, the legal process takes precedent. I mean, and you can get sued. You can't just if you go too far. Yeah, and you can't. You know, I don't think if there's anybody out there that can just run something and say, you know, this this happened or. It's tough to talk about right now. Yeah, Bob ran a really basic story. I've never been so scared to hit publish on a story ever. Just because you're like, God, don't like. And Bob didn't write anything bad. It was very just, you know, here are the facts. Right. And it's still, you're like, mm mm, mm mm, I'm scared of this. Like, right. it, it just is. It's dangerous. I My hope is that it gets resolved this week and that very you know, much. it just disappears. Very much so. It's just you never want this. I don't. I mean, I hope you know if the girl feels like she was violated, and she was, she gets some sort of justice. Uh, if she wasn't, and she's troubled, I hope she gets some sort of help, or she figures out. You know, if she's just kind of a broken person, maybe she fixes. I don't know. I mean, it's a bad situation. Do we know anything on the Title IX situation? Like, if that's even going to be in play? I don't think that it is. It's one of those things. <laughs> I've been so just trying to stay alive this week. I haven't really yeah. bothered with that. But it's something I need to check more into. Okay. Okay. I just I didn't know the answer myself when somebody asked me. They'll be uh, getting back on the practice field next week. There, yeah, I mean, they're uh, they're in, on it in some capacity this week. It's you know, it's the end of dead week, so final start next week, which next week really becomes the most difficult time for this football program because you've got people that are taking tests. Uh, you've got to find you know workout groups and times where you can get everybody together. You'll have coaches out on the road. I don't know when does the how does the dead period work with the the early signing day, Josh? Do we even know that? I- how does the what work? I'm sorry, dead, I missed the, the first de- part. How does the dead period work with the the early signing day? Well, the thing with that is going to be is the, it's just going to be just like signing day. Like the kids can't talk to the coaching staff like 19, on, 20, 21st, 22nd, probably. exactly. But once they sign and OU has the letter, then it's then it's fine. I mean that that then it'll just open back up. Okay, but until that, I mean, I, there's no. Oklahoma just kind of has to go to bed and then hope for the best that morning. I mean, that, that's that's going to be the way that kind of plays. So um, it, it, I guess I should say that's my understanding. With everything, I should probably check my facts, but that's how I've always known this kind of stuff to work. Well, uh, that's about going to wrap it up uh, for us. Uh, Eddie, anything else you wanted to hit on before we get out of here? Josh, get your boys, your uh, Texas Coaches Association, in line down there. Oh, God, what have they done now? I'm just, every time a coach takes a job, I'm sick of hearing them bitch and moan about, oh, they didn't, he didn't come talk to us first. Oh, you mean Jimbo? Yeah, I just, I think it's the dumbest thing of all time. 
They like I, to have their butts kissed. I'm torn on it. I'm torn be, uh, because generally I agree with what you're saying, Eddie. Right. I hate seven on seven so much. Yeah. No, I, I understand but, that. I understand that. This particular that. one, I'm like, mm, I kind of get it. because I And, and you know, Leon O'Neill tweeted something about, well, you know, if, if you're against these guys, then blah, blah. They're just trying to do the best for us, you know, that kind of thing. What do you think your high school coaches are doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I, that, was, not, that was a world-class dumb tweet by a high school kid. Yeah. I mean, and again, he's a high school kid. Like, you understand. I mean, he he's – and he – He's sticking up for his buddy, and that's somebody that he cares about, and I get all that. And that guy may be on the up and up, but there are guys that do that same job, like, I don't know, Will Lyles, that end up getting all kinds of people in trouble and weren't doing it for the betterment of the kids. I hear you. I, all right. So it, I, I retract that statement. <laughs> You've talked no, me mean, into like it. Like I said, it's generally, I do. I, I think the Texas high school coaches have some real diva in them that we need to be pandered to, and we need, you know, like... You never hear like a group statement from the Oklahoma High School Coaches Association. Right, which right. Basically, would just be Bill or Alan. Do you guys want to write something, and we'll all just agree <laughs> with it? You know, like I mean, that's that's what that comes down to. And it's probably Texas, a good though, thing that they different. have that. It's, it's probably a good thing that they have that. I mean, it means that they're a strong group. Yep. No, I mean, the, the, oh, Eddie's pro union. Here he's going political again. I hear what that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, but now I agree. I mean, like. In certain cases, it's really advantageous for them, and it makes a lot of sense. But there are times when they just pick these wars, and you're like, "What? Why? Why right. does that matter?" That's where I'm coming from. I think more so than than who was talking. Yeah, yeah. In this situation, I, I mean, I kind of get it because it's just those guys, the seven on seven guys, are con- are instead of time you could be spending around our program, around our players, around our coaches. You're off training with this guy who doesn't give a crap about our program. No, and I, I completely agree with that. I so I, I I get that, and that's that's why they either need to, and I know Louisiana's working on it. Louisiana's trying to put something together to ban seven on seven, um, or you know the the offsite teams. Texas is too far down the road. They do the summer seven on seven. They just need to give the coaches the ability to coach these guys. Yeah, and let it be that way, and just knock out. I mean, because the seven on seven's not going away. It's here. That's fine. But let their high school coaches run this thing, or at least let them have power over who does run it, like they do with the Texas high school stuff. But when these guys get on these elite teams, they're doing all this other stuff, They, th- there's just, I mean, don't get me wrong, not all those guys are bad guys. I'm not going to paint them all with that brush, and I've, I've come to learn that over time. But there is just way, way too much temptation and way too obvious a parallel between AAU and summer travel baseball. Yuck. Yeah, exa- that have just killed those two sports. The worst. I think that's a, a blanket statement. Yep. AAU that, basketball, the worst. I mean, you can just look at it. Seven on seven is literally trying to emulate the AAU model. And, and not, just with pretty clear blatant disregard for how corrupt AAU is. Yeah, that's not good. Nothing I want to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that, I didn't mean to steal your rant, Eddie, but there you no, go. No, you, you kind of talked me back into it. So Welcome <laughs> FBI into college football. Yeah. I mean, basically, that's the road that they're going down. All right, uh, that's going to do it for this edition. Josh McQuestion will be uh, maybe, I want to say we'll have one more before you have another kid. Yeah. Now, Tiffany was Tiffany was like two weeks late last time, right? She was. This is gonna. This is a scheduled. Like she's actually her actual scheduled due date or her 
expected due date was December 22nd. She has she has set it up. The doctor will let her go a week early if she wants to because she has to. Or she has to have a C-section. So okay. Uh, so they'll they'll she, they'll allow her to pick it a week before. She literally went the full week before. She wanted no part I of that this thing week out late of me. crap. Yes. Yeah. So it was with Lainey. She was miserable. And to, to the girls' credit, we I give Tiffany a hard time on this sometimes. She is literally going to be working next Thursday. Come home. We're probably going to go see a movie or something and kind of relax that night and then get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning and go have a baby on Friday morning. Wow. Yeah, trooper. Re- really tough. That I, I'm, she's, she's not to be messed with. Now, does like Lainey have like a, a baby sister advent calendar that she's working with or anything? No, she has her Christmas advent calendar uh, that she, she freaking loves. But um, no, she has nothing like that. It, she's still just a little young. Like the concept of time is confusing to her. You know, like I can be like, oh, it's this. The other day I was like, well, how long do you want to do this? Give me five minutes. Well, she doesn't, she, you know, she, she can count to five, but she doesn't know what that means. Yeah. So, um, so th- that kind of stuff. But no, like I told her today, I was like, it's a week, Laney. In a week, your little sister's going to be here. And she's like, oh my, you know, and she, she loves it. She's all jacked up about it. So. Well, I'm going to give you one more chance. If you need Scoop HD to be down there for the birth, we can <laughs> work some things out. Oh, Ooh. Tiffany would hate you forever, Eddie. And you're, <laughs> she, she's quite fond of you. You don't want to go down that road. I don't so. know if I want to go down that road. So I don't that, think you do. <laughs> As a man I'm who's not, been in that room, I I'm don't not think ready you want to it. go down that road. I'm not ready That's, for it. I think say if you ever have designs on maybe having a child of your own someday, I don't think you want to see it until it's too late. So... <laughs> I'll just go watch Alien again or something. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it uh, for this edition of the Unofficial 40. Uh, we'll be back again. I'm glad that we could get one out for you. I'm sorry that uh, it took so long in the week, but uh, uh, I survived the week, thank God, even though I'm still under the weather. Hopefully, I'll be fully cleared by next week. So thank you to Josh McQuistian. Thank you to Eddie Radosevich. And we'll see you guys next time right back here on the Unofficial 40 on Centerscoop.com. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.